1: Sports Radio 93.7, the fan, Doran Dickerson here, filling in for Paul Zeiss. And joining me right now is my former strength coach and current strength coach for the Arizona Cardinals, Buddy Morris. And, Buddy, man, I'd ask you how you're doing, but NFL Strength Coach of the Year, I assume that you're doing pretty great.
2: (laughs) Uh, First of all, Doran, I appreciate very much for you inviting me on the show. And, yeah, things are going great. Um, you know, that's just not an award for me. That's an award for our entire organization. And it starts at the very top with Michael Bidwell, our president and owner, Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury, my assistants, of course, our training staff, our equipment staff, our cafeteria staff. I and mean, there's a lot of people involved in that award. I just happen to be the guy who occupies the small office in the back that was recognized, but um, in very – Appreciative of my peers bestowing an unbelievable honor on me, very overwhelmed and very humbled by it. But yeah, I appreciate it very much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's well deserved. And you know what? You're in your eighth year with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, if you correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that you ran track at the University of Pittsburgh, and then in 1980, that's whenever you transitioned into to strength and conditioning. You know, what, what made you want to do that? What made you want to to start? Uh, coaching on the, the, the weightlifting and, and, and sprints and things of that nature with athletes?
2: Well, actually, I to correct you real quick. I'm, I'm beginning my ninth year here. Oh. Uh, oh, yes, Jeez. my ninth year. I've been through three coaching staffs. Very fortunate. Uh, Michael Bidwell and his family have been very good to me. And Michael and myself and Steve have talked about, you know, I plan on staying here for a lot longer. Uh, this is my home now. I love living in Arizona, but – In 1980, you know, I was graduating from the University of Pittsburgh and had a friend of mine who I went to high school, South Park High School with, still holds the University of Pittsburgh interception record for season and for career. Uh, Bob Drury was playing, and it was becoming his senior year, and I had not, I was no longer running track, Dorn. I just wanted to get in a weight room and lift, which is what all strength coaches want to do. They just want to be in a weight room, but um Bobby Jury and Jeff Delaney approached me and asked me to help them with their 40-yard time because there was no combine back in the day. It was just, you know, Scots would call you on a Friday night, be there Saturday morning. They'd call you on a Monday afternoon, be there Monday afternoon, later Monday afternoon. So I started working with Bobby and uh, Jeff Delaney. Uh, <clears throat> my name started getting around, and there was really people like Imo Borees, uh, the South Syrian, his family, Hugh Green, and a lot of players. Had, I had started working with the same thing. And I got a call from Coach Searle, and he asked me if I'd be interested in a GA position. I told him, absolutely. Uh, I graduated. I didn't hear anything from Coach Searle. was about to go work for, I don't know if you remember, but European Health Spa. The day I was supposed to actually start working, I had a call come from Kip Smith. It said, Jackie wants to see you. Went in, met with Coach Searle. Next thing you know, I'm running the University of Pittsburgh strength program. And I really owe Coach Sherrill a lot. Um, uh, I love the guy to death. As I love pit football. I fell in love with pit football back in nineteen sixty eight when a neighbor took me to a game and I remember watching Mike Dicka and I believe Pitt was playing Army at the time and from then on it was just a love affair with pit football and very fortunate to spend twenty years there. And I had the opportunity, thanks to Coach Narduzzi and uh affect rather director Heather Light, who I love to death. She's done an unbelievable job for our university, offered me a position to come back a couple years ago. But, you know, Doran, I'm I'm getting older. There's a lot to be said for quality of life, living in Arizona and seeing the sun every day. There's a lot to be said just, you know, to finish my career in the NFL, which is where I really had no aspirations, no desire, wasn't my life's goal. I just wound up here and got very lucky and very blessed. And I'm just trying to stay here.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you living in Arizona and making that decision. Definitely. Arizona is beautiful. Uh, buddy, you were at Pitt, uh, at the strength coach at Pitt from 1980 to 89, and then you returned in 1997. You were there till 2001, and then you came back in my tenure whenever uh, I was there, and you were there from 2007 to 2010. Uh, my senior year you created, um, in 2009 you created Pitt Ironworks, was actually ranked the 10th toughest gym, and I didn't even know this, by Muscle Magazine. Um, we muscle ne-
2: Fitness Magazine. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah Muscle Fitness Magazine. I didn't even know that. I saw that uh, uh, a little bit ago. But we needed that toughness. We needed that grit. We needed that vision. You know, what? what is the thought process on creating a foundation for a college football team?
2: You know, now, obviously things have changed. I mean, things have changed in our society with all due respect, Dorn. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to play football, especially at the University of Pittsburgh, and one of the things... Larry and I used to talk about, you know, and I've been blessed to work with Larry at the end of his career. We always used to talk about the blue-collar work ethic of the city of Pittsburgh, and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud to be part of that, and I'm proud to have graduated from the University of Pittsburgh and been born in the city of Pittsburgh because of that. So one of the things I think you have to create, obviously, is a culture culture of hard work. Hard work, nobody ever said hard work guarantees you success that without hard work, you don't stand a chance. And if it's one thing that I see separate great athletes, and even athletes <clears throat> who aren't that great, but make it and excel in their sporting activity, it's just that ability to, to work hard, to reach down where nobody is theirs to go, where it's very dark that people don't want to go. And it's that commitment, it's that perseverance. But the bottom line is, if and I've tried, but teach this and instill this into both my daughters. If you don't have structure, if you don't have discipline, if you don't have a great work ethic, which is what the city of Pittsburgh is known for, uh, you're not going to make it. And I came up, when I first started coaching at Pitt in the 80s, I came up with the name Pitt Ironworks because it was all steel mills. And I had worked, actually worked my last two summers in college at the Clareton Steelworks, the Clareton Rolling Mills in Clareton PA. So you know, and you go to work with these guys, and these guys were just hardcore, tough men mm-hmm. that worked in a steel mill. And I used to take pride working there, but I thought to myself, yeah, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. <clears throat> so that made me become more and more focused on my grades, on my studies, getting my education, and then accomplishing something. My work habits are all from being, being raised in the city of Pittsburgh. My mother, God bless her, she's 89 years old. She retired from a bank during at eighty four. Wow. So when I was at the Combine this past weekend or the past week, somebody asked me, Were you have you ever thinking about retiring? I said, let me put it to you this way. My mother retired from a bank at eighty four. It's ingrained into my DNA, my genetic code to work. And I've told my wife this. I have no plans to retire. The day if the day ever comes, and I do say if, that I don't get nervous the night before a game and when we come home from the game, whether we're playing in Arizona or on a flight home uh, from one of the many cities we're playing, I'm exhausted. I get what they call restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. My legs don't stop shaking. And it really takes me till Wednesday for me, and I'm not even playing. It takes me till Wednesday to recover from every weekend. But when I stop doing that, I'll stop coaching. And mm-hmm. I don't see that, honestly, Doran, no, I don't ever see that happening. Never. Because I was born and raised in a city of champions. I was born and raised in a city with a blue-collar work ethic. And I was born and raised in a city where sports are part of life. I mean, that's what we do in Pittsburgh. It's not – we don't have sports. We take great pride in our sports. We don't take have sports just to give us another reason to go to the bar and drink. Sports is a way of life. Think about it. high school football. One of the things I miss about Pittsburgh, obviously my mother and my daughter. One of my daughters still lives there. My other daughter is in – um. Delray Beach, Florida, which this year I became a grandfather. If you can believe that, but one of the things I miss so much about Pittsburgh, Dorn, is Friday night high school football.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep,
2: how excited people get, and how many people go to high school football games, and the importance that we put on high school football and football growing up. I mean, it's just that's what to me is so special about the city of Pittsburgh. And then there's the University of Pittsburgh, there's CMU, there's Duquesne. You know, there's area colleges like Sippy Rock. There's so many great area colleges, and, and it's such a passion for people in our city that <clears throat> you can't help but not want to be a part of it. We're,
0: we're
1: speaking with the NFL. Uh-
0: we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Strength Coach of the Year, Buddy Morris, Strength of the Year for uh, Arizona Cardinals. Buddy, how much does training change year to year? I mean, you taught us whenever you came to Pitt when I was there in 2007 to 2010, you taught us functionally training. Which is something that we weren't used to. We were used to just lifting weights to get stronger, uh, doing sprints to get faster. No rhyme or reason, just doing it. So, how does training change year to year? Uh, whenever you're training athletes,
2: I don't think training changes. Doran, it still has to be very directed. It is very basic at its at its core. You know, the simplest things have the most profound influence on the human body, and the basics are the basics for a reason. But I think you have to understand the biomotor ability, my biomotor abilities, the bioenergetics, and the um, biodynamics of the sport that you're coaching. And that's going to be different for each position. You know, when we and James and I came back in 2007 and we were there for those four years, we looked at a hierarchy of qualities needed for each position. But only that, and you know this, we individualized a lot because no two people are going to respond the same to the same program. Especially in the NFL, you got guys that come into your program or into the organization and through free agency, and your team is going to change like a third of the percent every year. These guys got a long history of injuries, and you know when injuries occur, and injuries are very complex and very multifactorial. They're not as simple as people think. Mm-hmm. If you don't ever want to get injured, Dorn, don't be an athlete. Mm-hmm. Right, but every every year. You know, I, I try to learn something and change our program. And every day, I, I try to read at least ten pages a day because the human body.
1: I mean, I remember, I Lord remember Lord you had like fifty asking. books. You had like fifty books in your office whenever we were playing. Whenever I was playing, I,
2: I got more adorned, and you can you really cannot even see my desk. <laughs> and I borrow a quote from um, Albert Einstein: If "A cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind. What then is an empty desk a sign of?" Right. My desk is cluttered. Yep. I mean, I try. I, like I said, I read every day. I study every day. I've been very blessed and fortunate in my lifetime to be around some of the greatest coaches to ever coach from multiple disciplines, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, <coughs> bodybuilding, track and field. You know, my background is heavily track and field. But I've taken all what I've learned from these great coaches and formulated a system. I don't have a philosophy. I've always said philosophies are for philosophers. I don't care if a tree makes a sign when it falls in the woods. It doesn't matter to me. Philosoph philosophies are for philosophers. I'm a strength coach. I have a system. That system continues to evolve by what I learn every year. I think in our profession, you can never stop learning because if you limit your knowledge, you limit your abilities, limit your abilities, you limit the development of your athletes. So what's your job? Your job is to develop your athletes. That's what they pay me for. <clears throat> so that's why every year I learn. Every year I try to improve our program. My, I always hire people that are smarter than me. And you know, I was very fortunate that I've had, I got two great assistants right now, and I've had three guys who have been really close to me. Uh, I, I consider them family. They're Pittsburghers. Two of them I've had the opportunity to train as elite athletes, and two of them graduated from the University of Pittsburgh. And Roger Kingdom, uh, Tommy Meiselinski, who played for the Steelers for years, and obviously Anthony Paroli, who I was very fortunate to have present me uh, the award that award in a combine last 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 week. So. I've had some great assistants that have helped, too, but training is training. It's still very raw and intense. People have to understand this, Dorn. Athletes get stronger via multiple means. It's just not about weightlifting. It's sprinting. It's jumps. It's plyometrics. It's med ball throws. There's not one exercise I will give an athlete in the weight room that will mimic the forces that are produced in max velocity sprinting. It's impossible because as weight goes up in 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 a weight room, Speed goes down, but as speed goes up, force goes up, and it's the forces that incur. Look at Usain Bolt. He only spends eight one of a second on the ground, runs at 27.8 miles an hour. You know how much force is being produced into the ground in a very short amount of time? There's three things that separate an elite athlete from everybody else. One is elite athletes know how to use the ground. Number two, they can create extreme amounts of force in a very short amount of times in a very short amount of time. And number three, they have the ability to relax the antagonistic muscle groups 200 times faster than a normal person. And you can add number four in there that they do abnormal things. They can, they, what we consider abnormal, they do them very normally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's my take on training.
1: Buddy, uh, Were the lessons that you taught us, you know, the the up-downs that you would make us do in between uh, some drills, the the different colored shirts that some people would have to wear when they couldn't hack it? I I said different colors because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. It's 2022. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I know. They were pink. Thank thank you. There you go. They were pink. You made people, guys, wear pink shirts if they couldn't hack it. Uh, The morning punishment when guys would miss classes. Uh, Was that all about not only just training your body, but training your mind?
2: Oh, absolutely! You know, the brain is the ultimate driver. As and the brain, the more I study, and I've not only study about strength training and about programming, the human body is a fascinating organism. Adorn, if you want to read something fascinating, read about the neuroimmune system, read about the brain, and I've begun to read more and more about the brain. I'm a firm believer that in and In my profession, the next step is to study the brain and the influence the brain has on the body. You have to have a 6.5% increase psychologically to experience a 1% increase in performance. So there is a lot to be said about the human brain. There is a lot to be said about teaching young kids proper work ethic. And I think that's where society has made a big mistake today. You know, this entitlement, everybody gets a trophy – uh, I I I have I really struggle with that. I grew up and you know, I used to go to First Buffalo Methodist Church on Rod eighty eight in Buffalo Park and check the the sheet. One side of the sheet had those athletes that were not were cut and the other sheet the other side of the sheet were those athletes that made a baseball team. I was very fortunate that I was I had some abilities and talents, but I was always petrified to not I did not want to see my name on that cut sheet, so I did whatever I could to make sure I made that team.
1: I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know, just, you know, where that you obviously started way before, you know, even encountering each other. And then, you know, whenever you got to the University of Pittsburgh, when I was there, I mean, you know, I was petrified. We all were. We were petrified because we didn't know what to expect. We always heard stories of you, but we didn't know what to expect. And you really broke us down to build us up. And I tell people all the time, and I swear by you, I, I, and a lot of – most guys do – um, you broke, I
2: appreciate that very much.
1: You, you broke us down you know. whenever I was a young player at Pitt and all of us, and then you built us up to understand the, the message. You under, we understood the lesson, and that's why I believe that we were so good in 2009 is because we understood the message. We got it. We knew what the task was at, ha- at hand, and we knew we were going to complete it because our mind was just as strong as our bodies, and there's nobody to give credit to but you for that situation, and I, I will always appreciate you.
2: Uh, Doran, I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, my greatest gift is the athletes I have the opportunity to work for. I'll tell you one brief story. You know, the NFL is a different world, obviously. And I had one athlete who was just getting over COVID and they wanted him to play, came back on a Friday and and I had stayed in contact with the athlete and they wanted him to play on Sunday. And I told coach Kingsbury and, and the training staff, I said, he's not ready. Don't put him in this position. So they decided not to play him. So I went in Sunday morning. It was a home game and this athlete and I got together Sunday morning before the game and I brought in two practice squad guys and I said, okay, I'm going to put you through a simulated game for the next hour. I'm going to dictate the play. I'm going to dictate rest intervals. I'm going to dictate the time that you're, you're off the field. During Wednesday, he comes to me and says, I left something for you on your desk. I'm like, well, for, what'd you do? I go in there and there's a brand new Rolex watch sitting on my desk. I'm not even going to tell you the price of it. (laughs) But I coach to influence my athletes. I coach because I love my athletes. I tell my guys all the time, I will never, ever, ever not be able to help you. And if I can't find a way, I'll start calling around. I, can, I have a commitment to my athletes, and in turn, when your athletes understand that you actually care for them as an individual, and you're trying to help them become successful, and at the time when you're you're, you're driving them into the grind and you're making them do things that they didn't think they could do, because Tom Landry said it best: a coach is somebody that makes you do the things that you don't want to do in order to become the player you want to become. Mm-hmm. And, and I take that personally. I also take personal that. It's my responsibility as a coach to get better every day. I'm asking Doran Dickerson to get better, but am I asking Buddy Morris to get better? Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. So my commitment has always been to my athletes. It still is, and it will still be until they, you know, they plant me in the ground. I think coaching is the greatest gift in the world, I think the opportunity to work with athletes is the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I had great high school coaches. In fact, my track coach is still alive living in West Middlesex and i i take that to heart because that's my passion that's what i want to do i want to, i i really enjoy and i tell our owner michael bidwell this and i actually train our owner i said i get excited by seeing people get better that's what i live for that that's my rush in life that's my adrenaline is watching people get better every day and working towards a super bowl or a championship cuz if you're not in it to win it dorn you shouldn't be in it man but like i said I, I I've been very blessed my entire life with some when I got off the plane at the combine one of the very first people to call me you know who it was it was Danny Marino
1: mm, mm. just just, know, so. just just showing so much respect because of the like you just said I mean the things that you have done I don't even know if you even realize you I mean maybe to an extent but I mean just all the things that you know you, you you like you like you said you brought so much out of us as athletes that we didn't even know we could do
2: exactly and I, I had a great high school coach who did that for me. I not—I didn't know I was capable of doing the things I was able to accomplish in high school. But I had a great coach that drove me. And there were times I hated him. Don't get me wrong. But to this day, I love the guy to death. I still talk to him because he made me what I am today, him and my mother. And my mother raised five boys by herself. Uh, my parents were divorced in, I think it was 1973. I was 15. My youngest brother was five. And I never saw my mother miss a day of work. I never saw her complain. I just saw her put her head down and grind it out every day. And I'm like, if this woman can do this, then I should be able to do the same thing. And my mother raised me. She t- I always remember this, darn because I was the oldest. She goes, I don't care what you choose to do in life. She goes, I don't care if it's a garbage man. And no, no disrespect to a garbage man or a sanitation worker. She goes, you be the best damn garbage yeah. man ever. Mm-hmm. And I hear that voice every day I get out of bed. And I'm very privileged and very honored to be part of the NFL. And I'm very privileged and very honored to be, to be able to do what I've done in my career. Because I was a nobody coming out of library PA. You know, I didn't come from, I didn't have, we didn't have help. We had to struggle and make it on our own. So, yeah, I'm proud to be where I am, but I'm also very humbled by it. And I'm also very humbled every day I leave the facility the guard at the gate says, "I'll see you tomorrow, coach." And I'm like, "Jesus, he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to me." I still can't believe I do what I do for a living.
1: I right? Oh well, you know what, buddy? You are the man, and uh, I'm extremely proud of you. You know, for this honor, and, and like I said, I'm speaking for all my teammates. We swear by you. Uh, we love you, and we want to, th- you know, thank you for doing the things that you did for us. Uh, at the University of Pittsburgh, it was unbelievable catching up with you, and I hope uh, to speak with you uh, very soon in the near future.
2: Dorn, I'm honored, and I love you like crazy, brother. And I
1: wish all, and as always, I wish you the best. Thanks, buddy. Always good talking to you. I right, thank you, Dorn. All, right. all right, there he goes, Buddy Morris. I mean, how unbelievable was that? I mean, if you can't get a life lesson there, I, I don't, I, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, that was every day. That was every day, and think about him like that on the, on the intellectual side times 50 uh, whenever he actually had to go out there and do the work. That's why we were as good as we were my senior year, because he built us up from the ground and showed us the way. We get
0: it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be, heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?